You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You know, I appreciate your pastor. I was thinking about how long it's been here. You know, most pastors don't stay that long at a church, obviously. Uh, 46 years? Wow. It's a long time. We had a pastor's conference years ago, and uh, I asked, that year we honored the pastors who had been in, in their church for 25 years or longer. And out of 700 pastors, there were 11 of them that had been there 25 years. And your pastor's been here longer. We started, I've been there almost that long. We started, uh, we were young men, weren't we, Brother Treber, when we started, worked in our churches, and now, now we're, uh, we have grandchildren. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I talked to um, Brother Manna this morning. I said, how many grandchildren Brother uh, Treber has? He said, well, I think he has 14. Yep. Just keep going. Well, I've only got four. It means I'm quite a bit younger than you, Brother Treber. But, uh, you know, one time we had a uh, person send us a gift in the mail, and the people sometimes do that. They send us stuff that we can't get over there. We always appreciate that. This, we, we got the gift at home. We opened it, and there were a bag of jelly beans. 49 flavors, and people know I like jelly beans. Some people know that. Can't get them there, so we were, I was excited about it. My wife took those jelly beans and put them out on the table uh, in our kitchen in a bowl, and one day I was over at the computer. I was doing emails and typing, and someone came up from behind me, a little hand, uh, put one of those jelly beans in my mouth. It was my four-year-old grandson, Tristan, and uh, I wasn't thinking. I said, well, that tastes good. I wonder what that is. Maybe it felt like maybe cherry flavor or something. And, and uh, about a minute later, I'm still typing away, and somebody came and get it, put one of those jelly beans in my mouth. I thought, well, that tastes really good. And strawberry or something. And he did it again, and uh, did it three or four times. And finally, I thought, that's my grandson. I'm not even paying attention to him. What kind of grandfather are you, Rick? And uh, I felt kind of guilty, and I turned around and watched him. He, he went back over to the table. He put his hand up in the, in the bowl, took one of those jelly beans out, and looked at it, and put it in his mouth, and he kind of make, tasted it, and kind of make a bad face and spit it out, put his finger. He turned around and started walking over to me. Yeah. You can't trust those grandkids. Sometimes people say grandkids are better than their own kids. They're worse, I'll tell you. At least mine is. I don't know how yours are, but if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Luke chapter 7, if you would. I love this story. This is my favorite, probably my favorite miracle that Jesus um, performed. It reveals the heart of the greatest person that ever lived on this earth. Uh, He was a man that was full of grace and had so much desire to honor his heavenly father. I want to speak on the subject. I don't think I've ever preached this in the United States, but having our church before. Grace at the gate. Grace at the gate. And, you know, to honor God, a person needs grace. The Bible says Jesus was full of grace. John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And uh, what is grace? Well, the, the, the word grace is mentioned just about 100 times in the New Testament. And in every case where the word grace is mentioned, it means divine influence on the heart. 
manifested in, in, a, in a person's life, including gratitude. Amen. Grace is when God does a miracle in your heart. That's right. yeah. And when he does that miracle in your heart, you're able to do things that you couldn't do otherwise. Yes. You have a heart for people, and you're able to uh, impact people's lives because you're able to do things that you wouldn't, a normal person wouldn't do. And I think about Pastor Treba, what a, what a man of grace he is, right. one of the most gracious people I've ever known. A man of truth also. He'll tell you what he believes is true from the Word of God. But he's full of grace. The Bible teaches us how we get grace, and that is, but the dreamer is a very humble man. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. Twice he says that in the New Testament, once in the Old Testament. We get grace from God when we're humble. And today I want to study this, I want you to look at this, these verses about grace at this gate and a story about a man that Jesus Christ brought back from the dead. Look at verse number 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now, this city of Nain was, the city of Nain meant beautiful. This city was located in the southwest of the Sea of Galilee. If you know the geography there in Israel, it's about 26 miles from Capernaum, where he had his headquarters and his early ministry. And it was set on a hillside and had a beautiful view of the vast valley, huge valley there. It was known as the Valley of Jezreel. And it was also known as the Valley of Armageddon. And of course, we know that in, in time, that the book of, Dan, uh, book of Revelation speaks about the place where, where the Battle of Armageddon will take place, at that very place. And as Jesus is walking up the hill toward that gate, toward the gates of that city of Nain, he, I'm sure he could look out through his ride. He would see that huge valley, realizing that someday he would be there yeah. again. That the Antichrist, his armies would, would gather and, and there would be a great battle and he would appear and defeat uh, uh, the Antichrist and his army and he would reign as king of kings forever and ever. Yeah. But on this day, he was just a humble servant who wanted to honor his father. And uh, there was a funeral at this gate it was a wall city, and uh, on that day, a young man had died, or at least he was being buried. And the Bible says uh, in this verse, verse number 12, it says, Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. Now at this funeral, this 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 woman who'd lost his daughter was an ordinary woman. She was, a, she was already a widow and her son died. People don't expect to bury their children, do they? Right, right. And so she'd lost her husband. Now she lost her son, his only son. And it implies that she was poor. She might not have been poor, but it seems that way. It's certainly a pitiful situation uh, to see uh, this lady losing her son and had a husband. Maybe he was a breadwinner and, and maybe she lost her finances and but the Bible says something interesting. It says, but much, and much people, the city was with her. And she must have been a good lady. The Bible doesn't say that she was a good lady, but yeah. you know, you go to a funeral, you, you were impacted by their life maybe. And a lot of people went with her to that funeral. And, and so I think there was a reason why God chose, or Jesus chose to bring this man back from the dead. Uh, he had compassion on a good person that had lost something that uh, she loved very dearly. Now, 
If you look at this also, it says much uh, people the city was with her. And uh, then it says in verse 14, we'll get to that verse in a moment, but it says that she, they brought her son out on a beer, B-I-E-R. Beer was an open coffin. It was, um, you could, the disciples of Christ and the crowd behind them that were following could see this dead body as they came out the gate and carried it on this beer. They would actually see the body. So where they buried people. When King Herod died, Josephus, the famous uh, uh, historian of the Jewish people, the first century, he said that Herod had his funeral planned and everything, and he had his, had, his beer was very royal and it had valuable gems embedded in that beer, and he had a golden uh, crown on his head and a scepter in his hand, and, and, but this lady probably had a poor man's beer, and a very simple one, and, and um, I want you to notice the crowds who were witnessing, who were going to witness this miracle. One in verse 11, the Bible says, many of his disciples and much people. Jesus was coming, and there, behind him were disciples, and a crowd of people following them. They, they knew that he had performed miracles, and they were maybe expecting a miracle, but they weren't expecting this kind of miracle. And so uh, then in verse 12, the Bible speaks about the second crowd. This is the woman who was walking out the gates of the city, and behind her were much people. The city was with her, it says. Now imagine these two crowds, if you wouldn't mind for a moment. They don't know they're going to meet each other. Now Jesus knew, because he knows everything. Jesus knew what was going to happen. But they didn't. This lady's in her despair, and the crowd's wondering what's going to happen that day. And, and uh, one crowd is following Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the way, the truth, and the life. This other crowd was following a widow who had lost her only son. If you can visualize today, despair is about to meet hope. You know, this world is in despair. And the only hope it has is in a person named Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, when Jesus enters your life, he'll change your life. Amen. And, and he did. With this, with this lady, he ended up bringing much joy to her. Now, in verse 13, let's read that verse, okay? And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. Uh, Jesus is speaking to the mother of her son. And she was leading the funeral. These are words you don't say at a funeral, right? I mean, I'm sure Pastor Trebers preached a lot of funerals. I've never said a funeral to anybody, don't, don't cry. But I would never say to a parent that lost a child, why are you crying? Don't cry. You know, don't do that. But Jesus spoke those words, the Bible says. He said, don't cry. And uh, then the Bible says, look at verse number 14. And he came and touched the beard. And they that bear him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. Imagine the shock of the people carrying the casket or the, the beer. Um, they, and imagine the stranger. Now, some of them have probably heard of Jesus, but just imagine this man coming up and stopping the procession and something you would never see, maybe in a lifetime, someone doing this at a funeral. Right, sure. and there was just something about Jesus. I just yeah. stood there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was full of the Holy Spirit yes, and God's love. Nobody stopped him. Mm. And he had power in his life because he loved people. 
That's really the message, this message today is God gives people power when they have love for other people. Now, I don't know what all these people are thinking about. The disciples who followed Jesus and his crowd or the widow and her friends and her crowd. But I know one thing. There was grace at the gate. Because Jesus was there. And he was about to change someone's life. And they didn't even know it. Verse 14, it says that they they that bear him stood still, the, the, the pallbearers. And Jesus looked at that dead body spoke to him. He said, arise. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in verse 15, can you just imagine being at one of these miracles yeah. that he performed? This one particularly, the, the three miracles where he performed uh, the, the person coming back from the dead. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he <laughs> delivered him into his mother. <laughs> I mean, the voice sits up and he begins to speak. Hi, Mom. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Mom, why are you crying? What's wrong? All oh, the joy unspeakable as that lady felt. Can you imagine the picture that night at their home when the mom goes home and their son? Yeah. Were you really dead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really dead, Mom, and I was dead. And all of a sudden I heard a voice and it said, Arise. And it did. You know, mom's deepest sadness turned into her greatest joy. What began as the worst day in her life ended as the greatest day in her life. And look at the impact of the, of, the, of the crowd in verse 16. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen up among us, and that God has visited his people. The impact on the crowd was this. They, they feared God. They glorified God. When men, when men fear God, they will glorify him. Now, there was grace at the, great, at the gate of Nain, and as a result, the people of that city and the people that followed Jesus glorified him. And you know, when you and I somehow become like Jesus, yeah. people see Jesus in our lives. And they too will glorify God, and you will have an impact. God will have an impact through your life with people that you meet day by day. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is there grace at your gates today? Are you touching the lives of people that you meet? And everywhere Jesus went. He, he was great in many ways. He was great in his power to perform miracles. He was great in his preaching and teaching. But he was greatest of all in the love that he had for other people. The compassion he had. You know, love is greater than a miracle. Love is more powerful than a miracle. And you can have the power of God in your life when you love people. We completely surrender to him. When we do that, we completely surrender to God and to the Holy Spirit. He fills us. He fills us with his spirit. He fills us with his love. And when he's in charge and he's making the decisions, we're able to see great things happen. You know, this church started helping us back in 2006, starting some other churches in our island and other islands. And... um, the first year that you helped us, you helped 13, the first group that first year were 13 young men that went out and started churches and you helped many others. And through the years, eight of those men now have Bible colleges that you helped. Wow. They're training preachers and others. And, wow. But the, the kind of unusual thing is, Brother Pusin, seven of those men came from that first group, 2006. Wow. And one of them just recently started a Bible school about two years ago. So uh, seven of them were started one year, and one of them I'll tell you about tonight started uh, six years later in 2012. 
One, this guy was Ray Amalo. He's, this guy's crazy. How can I describe him? He's an amazing pastor. And has, we've started a radio station up there. Actually, they're not on the air yet. But we have the tower up and the, the studio's built. We just have to install the, uh, the equipment soon. But that church has started 21 churches in the last six years from wow. their graduates. Uh, and uh, they're reaching people. He sent me a testimony at the point of this. He sent me a testimony of one of the um, persons that came to know the Lord who had a very difficult background. One of his graduates named Remy Morfield wrote this story about the, this is just a sample of people that would come to know Christ there. They called him the in, infamous drunkard of the town. He said, we used to conduct our church service in the backyard of my first convert. He put up a tarp for the roof to protect us from the hot sun and rain, but during COVID lockdown, we weren't able to have services. God gave me the privilege during that time to start our building. One day while I was doing this, the infamous drunkard of the town told me he wanted to help me as he, as he saw I was working alone. I was glad to accept his help. We spent a lot of time talking and he even offered me meals and every breakfast and lunch. When quarantine was in our place, we conducted a service in our half-finished building People were so glad to have church services in the new building. And they saw the progress of our, little ch of our little church. Many members promised to help and pitched in to buy some materials. As the building was about to be finished, the infamous drunkard accepted Jesus Christ as his savior. I gladly told, him all, I gladly told all the members what a big help he was when he started working on the building together. The members clapped their hands and he began to cry. I was so blessed to see how God transformed this person into a child of God. You know, that's what God can do. And that's what God can do through you each day. You know, Jesus knew how to get people. He knew how to find people that would listen to him. Is there grace at your gate? Is there grace in, in, in your life when you go to school? When you go home, people in your home family. Your job, the people whose paths you cross, the ministries that you work in. You know, love breaks down the barriers of the yeah. hardness Amen. that people have. Love breaks down the pride that people have. Love will break down the walls of bitterness and hatred and, and, and apathy. Love is the greatest miracle Amen. of all. You know, Jesus taught this. He, taught, he said, love your enemies. I can just imagine the Jews when he said this. Behold, I say unto you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those that curse you, and pray for those that despitefully use you. That goes against everything a normal person would think. You don't love your enemies, and you don't do good to them, and you don't, but you don't bless them. But Jesus knew the power of love. He, he, he was so wise because um, he thought it's not enough just to forgive somebody. Do the unexpected. When a person loves someone that's done something very wrong to them, it throws them off guard. The Bible says it like puts coals of fire on their head. They feel guilty. And you're having an impact on their life. That's why we love people. So we can do something about it. Um, he, he, told, he told the Jews, he said, now, you know the law, if a Roman soldier asks you to carry their bags for a mile, you have to do it. He said, don't do, don't, don't do that. Don't just carry the bag. Go a mile. And I'm kind of putting a few things in my everybody's telling him, at the end of one mile, just go another mile and say, look, hey, 
but you know, I'm, I don't have anything to do today. I've enjoyed talking to you. I want to talk to you. Would you mind if I carried you back another mile? And you go down, oh, and the soldier's starting to think, what's going on here? Oh, he's a pretty nice guy after all, isn't he? You know? yeah. And the, the walls begin to go down as we love people and as we do things that are unexpected that the normal person doesn't do. Jesus was a very poor man. We forget that sometimes. He didn't have a salary. He didn't have a bank account. He didn't own the house. He didn't own any land. He didn't own any kind of transportation. He didn't have a pension. He didn't have health insurance. He didn't have social security. He didn't even have the place to go to and lay down his head at night. God's son did that. But he met the medical needs of thousands of people. He fed one time 5,000 men and, and, and others that were with him without any money. One of the outreach, and I'll close with this, one of the outreach ministries of our church there is the tragedy ministry. I, I get to lead this, and I just love this ministry because it, it's, it's patterned after what Jesus did in looking for people who are going through tragedies in their life and sharing the gospel with them through that. And it's obvious when you read about the life of Jesus Christ, if you would go through and just think about as you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what, how he did his ministry, he was always looking for people that would listen. And he was always ministering to people that he had compassion for, people that had tragedies, death, sickness, physical disabilities, broken hearts, broken lives, broken homes, broken families. He was there, the forgotten people in society. But in his eyes, they were different because they were the most open kind of people. And so he was drawn to them. I'll never forget one day, this ministry, as we started it, we would help fire victims, and we would help people that had, uh, people that were victims of crimes, and we'd help people, and I would look through the online newspaper of our local area, and I would find something that was, you know, somebody had died in an unusual way, in an unusual tragedy. One day, I, I was looking at that, and I was, I read this article, had a, and it just got to me. It was a story about a little boy, 11 years old, didn't mention his name. Uh, he, he was uh, in a town that's connected to a little city, like a suburb. Went to school one morning, and uh, the kids at that school were bullying him. And they had been doing this for quite a while. I don't know why they picked on this little boy. But that morning, when he came to school, one of them tried to get in a fight with him and hit him and a couple of times. And, and uh, this little boy didn't know how to cope with that. Didn't know how to cope with it. And didn't say anything and uh, just stayed to himself. Went home at lunch and nobody was at home. And when he got home, um, he went inside the house and the article said he looked for a rope. And a little while later, he took his own life. Just 11 years old. I read that and I thought, my goodness, what do those, those parents think? And uh, I got some of our staff together, and I sent one of them. I said, I got our church. I said, take some money from our church and go help pay for part of their funeral. And um, can't do anything else. We'll, we'll tell them we love them. And so they did. They took that money to that lady and to the family, and um, I kind of forgot about it. The next week, about a week later on a Wednesday night, before church, I will always go there early and try to be the, one of the first people there. And, greet people as they come in, and I was there, was walking around the auditorium, and someone came and got me and said, Pastor, there's someone that wants to see you. I said, okay, who is it? Well, 
I think it's the lady that, it's, I think it's the mother of the little boy that died. I said, oh, you're kidding. And I went out there and I so didn't know what to say to her, was caught off guard. And I said, um, tried to talk to her and she didn't answer. And she brought her sister and her nephew with her. And uh, the sister said, Pastor, uh, I'm so-and-so. This is, this is the mother, the son that died, 11 years old. And she said, she can't hear when she, I, she, I can't explain it. I'm not a doctor, she said, but when she, she was so traumatized when she saw what had happened that she lost her hearing in one ear and the other can barely hear. So you have to speak kind of loud to her. So I, the best I could, I... She, I talked to her, and she tried to explain that she was thankful for what we'd done. She came there just to express her gratitude for that. And uh, that night, she, I invited her to stay at the service, and if she wanted to, she said she'd plan to. She wanted to visit our church. She wanted to see what it was like because somebody that didn't know them took an interest in him. So she came down to the front and sat in the front row and with her sister and her nephew, I remember, sat right behind him. And that night during the invitation, uh, she... She opened her heart. Someone, she wanted someone to come and talk to her, and someone came and explained the salvation, the plan of salvation. And that night she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. Amen. And her sister and her brother did. And, you know, Jesus knew how to find people that would listen to him. Yeah. And we have God's grace in our lives. We will never run out of prospects. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.